Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it bring it to the bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable podcast. I am your host today, Jake Jackman. You get us on the show on Twitter at EPL Roundtable or email us EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi everyone, James Smith, freelance football writer. I'm here to talk about Burton. Hi everybody, my name's Thomas Bath. I'm the editor of wallsblog.com, which is unsurprisingly a website dedicated to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, you can get me at wallsblog.com or at Twitter forward slash wallsblog. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Uh, we'll start with the biggest story of the week coming out of the Premier League, and that was regarding Manchester City, who out of nowhere have, have received quite a serious punishment from UEFA. They've been banned from the Champions League for two seasons, which will start next year. So if they do finish in the top four this season, they will not get a place in the Champions League unless that changes. Um, word coming out of City is they're going to appeal it, um, as all the top clubs seem to do with these bans, and they normally... Uh, whether it's transfer ban or UEFA competition ban, they seem to appeal and they seem to get a little bit more lenient. So it's yet to be seen if they are actually going to be banned. But if they are, it's a big game changer for the Premier League. It's a big game changer for City. Um, and it's probably quite a big win for FFP, which it seems to not have had a big impact at the top level with it a lot more serious punishments lower down the football league but this is the first big one for a premier league club so i just want to get your guys thoughts on it um do you think it's a fair punishment um for city and and how do you think it's going to impact sort of the rest of the premier league season um if that fifth place does become available for champions league qualification yeah it's tricky on this isn't it i'm not sure whether it's fair or not really um We've only got so much information at hand from what's been released. City have obviously claimed all along that they haven't done anything wrong. Um, but it's not the first time that they've been done for FFP either. A few years ago, they were fined, I think it was £49 million pounds, um, by UEFA as well. They had the Champions League squad size cut. So it's not like they haven't been warned, essentially. Um City's argument also seems quite interesting because it essentially seems to be everyone else is also breaking the rules. Why are you coming after us? Um, They've been quite aggressive, I think, in the way that they've handled it from the off. They've always insisted that the information that was reported in Der Spiegel, the German magazine, was from hacked material. So they've refused to comment on um, the veracity of that information, essentially. And I think the way that they have gone about it is quite I think it's I think it's partly why UEFA have come down on them so hard. I think if they'd been a bit more conciliatory, then maybe UEFA would have been more keen to do some sort of deal. Um I think the fact that it's a two season ban means that there is some leeway for the ban to be reduced on appeal. Obviously we've seen this a lot in sport. Chelsea's transfer ban was a recent example, it was two windows. 
then it was reduced to one on appeal. So I think there's every chance that UEFA have factored that in. Um, but I'm sure City will fight it 100% as hard as they can to try and avoid this punishment because obviously it's got huge implications for them. It's difficult to see Pep Guardiola sticking around if they're not going to be in the Champions League. I know he said that he's going to see out his contract, but it's hard to imagine him doing that if they're not in the Champions League. But players like Sergio Aguero, who are coming towards the end of their careers, haven't won a Champions League. They're surely not going to want to play for a club that aren't in that competition. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, but from what has been reported, the information that's in the public domain, it's difficult to argue that City haven't had it coming to them. I think it seems quite obvious that they have piddled the rules. Other clubs might have done it as well, but they seem banged to rights to me. Yeah, I mean, on the issue of whether it's fair is difficult to say conclusively without seeing the full package of information. Um, what I would say is from the outside looking in, you see the money that Man City have spent on on players for a long time. I know this date, you were mentioning off-air, Jake, that it dates back to a long time ago. So whether any of what I'm about to say is relevant, I don't know. But they seem to have spent a lot of money on incoming transfers. And I don't remember them netting significant money from player sales. So it's kind of, you always got the feeling that they're, they were playing fast and loose with financial fair play and, and possibly exposing loopholes to allow them to continue doing the business that they've done to build the, you know, immense squad that, that, that they've got. Um, so, but, you know, if, if it is being exposed, there must be a, you know, a, a high level of, um, you know, exposure there on their part for them to be handed out such a severe ban. And so you've got to assume that it is something fairly grievous. And, and in that instance, maybe, it stands to reason that it probably is a fair punishment. Um, but as I say, without without knowing, I wouldn't want to comment too conclusively. Um, do I expect it to stand? Absolutely not. Um, I would probably predict fairly confidently in the here and now that what will actually end up happening is they won't get any ban at all and uh, it'll just be sold with money. It'll be a large fine, um, a warning, um, some kind of some kind of, you know, compromise where it means, okay, they take a slap on the wrist and they, they pay some money and they're made an example of, but they don't really, they don't really miss out on the competition. That would, that would probably be my prediction in the here and now for how it will unfold. But I mean, another point I would make is that if it's kind of farcical, if they are banned for two years, that they're still in the competition now, because surely if they've, they've been found guilty um, and you wait for us saying, you know, you, you've done this. Um, we don't want you in our competition. They should be kicked out right now um, of, of this year's because how silly would it be for them to progress into the latter stages and even potentially win the competition, uh, knowing full well that they might not be in it for the next two years? It just seems, you know, a bit cag-handed that, that that's that's where we're at with it. Yeah, I think that's a bit that, that I agree with. It, it seems that there's a big potential for this to blow up in UEFA's faces and, and Manchester City to go on and win it this season. Then you've got the, the the extra pressure to get them in the competition next season as holders. You've also got the the um, Super Cup, the World Club Cup as well, all those things to that City would be rightfully allowed to go in, but whether they'd be allowed to or not, and who would take their place, it would, it would all become a little bit 
bit odd. But it, yeah, I, the the one thing I would say is that the fact that they've been banned for two seasons seems that the the obvious way out is is to decrease that to one. Um, that way, City may be coming out saying that they've uh, limited it, and UEFA still got that sort of still see it as a win at getting them out of the competition for for one season. But it it seems strange. A lot of what I've read on it. Um, this week is that Manchester City weren't expecting this to happen. They they sort of thought that um, a ban had been taken off the table in in what in the legal proceedings that they've been a part of. It didn't seem that was likely. Then it it seems to have come out of nowhere that it has. So be interesting to see what happens. They're obviously going to throw a lot of money at legal fees. It's obviously going to um, probably be heard quite quickly. It's got to be resolved before sort of June July time. You'd expect. Um, but we had a, a I think it was a few years ago. AC Milan had a similar. Banned. They were banned from the Europa League. Um, I think it was Fiorentina were in pre-season training to take their spot. Then at the very last minute, it, it, it got rescinded and AC Milan were allowed back in sort of at the, the 11th hour. So whether something similar with City happens. Um, be interesting. Like Jamie says, obviously a lot of the older players in, in Guardiola wouldn't want to stick around uh, if they weren't in the Champions League. Uh, I've read there's going to be a lot of wage hits as well. There's there's clauses in the contracts that um, if they're not in the Champions League, the wage will go down. But the players would probably argue that that's not their fault. They're not in it. Um, so maybe they won't apply. So it's going to be an interesting one to follow. Um, giving it a little bit back to the Premier League. Obviously, City are comfortably in the top four at the moment. But if they're not going to be allowed in the, the competition, it it opens up the Champions League race uh, even further. You know, you currently got Tottenham in fifth place, but you got Sheffield United, Wolves, Everton, uh, Manchester United and Arsenal, Burnley, um, even Jamie, if we go down that far, all within six points of that fifth position. Um, become quite a race to get into that, that top five now. Um, and we'll open that back up. Do you think that will be a po- positive thing if that happens? Um, and, and do you think that maybe we could see somebody like a Wolves or Sheffield United um, get into that that Champions League, which would be an incredible achievement, really. I think it is positive, yeah. I think the the race for fourth, as it's always known as, it's been awful this season, hasn't it? I mean, Chelsea have been so bad for large parts of the season. Spurs the same, obviously, they picked up since Jose Mourinho came in. The fact that it was those who sort of scrapped it over it with pretty mediocre points, tally suggested that it was going to be who fell over the line more than anything else. So the fact there's an extra place widens it out. I think it could prove to be a bit of a let-off for Chelsea or Spurs if they manage to hold on to the positions that they're in now. But certainly massive, um, massively opens the door for the chasing pack. Like you say, Manchester United, if they beat Chelsea on Monday night, they're right back in it. Everton aren't that far away either. And obviously Sheffield United and Wolves are the two to really look out for. Sheffield United would have been sort of cautiously optimistic that they can get into the Europa League and now suddenly they're a point outside the Champions League places. So, yeah, it's crazy the implications it could have for the Champions League. Um, Burnley play Sheffield United at home in a few weeks, actually, and that was like it could be a, a battle for European football. There's not too many people would have thought that at the start of the season. Um, to place that into some sort of context, obviously Wolves got into the Europa League the season they came up, but I think they spent a lot more money doing it than than Sheffield United have this season. They seem to be still relying on a lot of the players they were using in League One under Chris Wilder. So they've built that team and moved up through the leagues, added some signings, of course, but they haven't spent a fortune by any means. So a real opportunity for all those clubs that you mentioned in the chasing pack to think, 
this is our chance. It's never going to be more open to get into the Champions League than it is going to be this season, assuming the punishment stands. Um, and obviously, with the way the Cups can pan out, it looks like eighth place could then get into the Europa League as a knock-on effect. So, yeah, certainly clubs like Sheffield United, Wolves, Burnley, massively there to play for now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's... Has it actually been determined that if Man City don't get it, then it just rolls down the league? I'm not... I don't think it's been it's been properly said, but it's, pro- it's, it's, yeah. it's assumed. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Yeah. Um, I think... Yeah, I mean, the suspicion is that it will probably just, like like you say, it, it's... Uh, Jamie touched upon there, it's... Uh, It'll probably be a get out of jail card. <laughs> That's probably what it'll end up being for Man United or Tottenham or Chelsea or Arsenal, someone like that. Um which is frustrating really. But um but yeah, I mean it is it is exciting. It was exciting anyway because you know, Chelsea have been wobbling big time. Um Tottenham have sort of been getting their act together, but not really. I mean I, I still feel they've been very lucky in some of the results they've picked up. Um I don't feel they're a very complete team. At the moment, I think they've they've got some good players at the top end of the pitch who sort of bailed them out a bit. Um, and you know, Man United have been very hit and miss. Arsenal are sort of sort of suggesting maybe they're going to get a couple of wins together. I, I don't know. So it, it is exciting because I think it was exciting already with the idea that someone different might actually challenge for for fourth place. So with the fact that it could roll down to fifth and then push all the other European places down, it will make for an exciting finish. Because I, th- I don't think, I don't think any of the, I don't think Wolves or Sheffield United will completely go away. I don't look at the way they're playing in any of the games and think, oh, they're getting lucky here. I actually, personally, I mean, I'm a Wolves fan, obviously. I, I think Wolves are underplaying. I don't think they're, they're hitting their stride at all. Um, and, you know, we've got some winnable fixtures to come. We've got Norwich and Bournemouth at home and, we're still going to go and play Arsenal and Chelsea and Tottenham. So, I mean, it's all it's all very much to play for. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's exciting, uh, you know, for an outsider because I think it, it should mean that right up to the wire, hopefully, because no team has really achieved consistency or looked like doing it, but right up to May, hopefully, there'll be European football um, up for grabs. Yeah, I think it's definitely exciting. Um, Sheffield United are obviously... Um up there at the moment in sixth position. Um, great first season for them as a promoting club, sort of replicating what Wolves did last season in, in sort of surpassing all achievements, all, uh, all expectations. But I guess it's even more remarkable for Sheffield United given uh, the players they have and um, the manager they've got who, who were all unproven at this level. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of things from pundits sort of being mixed on, on what Sheffield United should want. I think I even saw, I think it was Tony Cascarino, not the, not the most reliable pundit in the world but you're saying it'd be the last thing that uh, he'd want as a Sheffield United fan if, uh, to go into Europe and have that added stress of games um so I just wanted to get both of your guys thoughts as you're both well placed Burnley were were in Europe a few seasons ago and obviously Wolves this season with a smaller squad that are in the Europa League do you think it is um a good or bad thing I, I mean obviously as a supporter you've got to be aiming for the, for the best possible thing and that's European competition you know you've got the the trips away there uh, that you wouldn't ex- have expected all those seasons ago in the Championship, League One, uh, as Sheffield United were. It, it, surely you've got to want that as a fan. And and do you think that is a wholly negative thing, or do you think that's just the it, just a sort of lazy media cliche that it is a bad thing for the club? Yeah, I mean, 
who am I to argue with an oracle like Tony Cascarino? But it's absolute rubbish, isn't it? I mean, if you're not striving to be as good as you can be, what is the point of football? Um, you can say Leicester won the league a few years ago. It looks like the league is already sort of locked down to prevent anything like that from happening again. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Burnley in Europe, it was the first time for 50 years that that had happened. So fans like me, first time in our lifetime, vast majority of fans never had the chance to see Burnley in Europe. Um, and all right, we had trips like Aberdeen that weren't the most glamorous, but still a fantastic experience. And I'll always be able to say that I've seen my team play European football. Nothing can ever take that away from me. Um, and yes, it affected our league form which I think is inevitable when you're working with a smaller squad. But we still survived, and that's always going to be our first aspiration. So I think if you're a Sheffield United fan, you're absolutely wanting to get into Europe. What's the alternative? Hope that you finish ninth, miss out, and then next season, what what are you trying to do next season? You've always got to try and push on. Um, I think at the start of the season, Burnley should have been looking at a top 10 place. And now that it looks like that's within reach, this has to be the next aspiration. You always have to look to try and push on. Um, the extra games, you just you find a way to cope with it. Wolves are seventh again this season. They finished, what, seventh last season to get into Europe. It doesn't seem to have affected them that much. You learn to handle the extra games. It doesn't have to be that much of a, a downside. Um, I just think that pundits like Cascarino are just completely cut off from what it's actually like to be a football fan now. It's so unrealistic for you to have success like winning the league, even a cup competition. It's so hard to do that now. The gap between the elite and everyone else is so massive. Um, the Europa League is a little way to to extend it to the sort of lesser lights. Teams like Burnley, teams like Wolves, who were unlikely to get into the Champions League. I know Wolves are aiming to do that eventually. Um yeah, I just think it's nonsense to say that Sheffield United fans wouldn't want to be in Europe. Tony Cascarino needs to go out and find a Sheffield United fan who thinks that because I'm positive that nobody will be saying that. If they get into Europe, they'll be absolutely buzzing and rally so. Yeah, if you're a if you're a Sheffield United fan like you are, a, you know, a Wolves fan last season and Burnley the season before that, I think um, you, you you know that as well as your team's doing, it can disappear in a puff of smoke. You know, next season you might be in a relegation battle and you might be back in the championship and, you know, it was all just a dream, basically. Um, so you gobble up whatever you can get. You know, Wolves were in a cup semi-final last season, brilliant trip to Wembley, European football, you know, playing in Spain and Turkey and Italy, fantastic, absolutely brilliant. So, and I'm sure Sheffield United fans feel exactly the same. And, you know, particularly because of their attitude and how um, Chris Wilder sets up. You know, he's not going to hide behind the excuse of too many games. I think he was the one who was saying he didn't want the winter break. Um, uh, you know, he wanted to keep playing, keep going. They're that kind of team, They're high energy. Buying, you know, if they do qualify for Europe and maybe it affects their league form next season, so be it. But I think they'd probably they'd probably find that they'd, they'd cope with it Um no problem. I, I do understand teams like Arsenal and Tottenham and who've tasted the latter stages of the Champions League and then now they kind of feel like they're, a, you know, the sideshow. But believe me, that's not how it feels when you're 
not one of those elite clubs who have been doing European football season in, season out. It just feels great. I, I kind of thought that the Europa League going into it, it would feel like it feels when I tune in on a Thursday night and see some Arsenal playing their third team or, you know, in the half-empty stadium. But that's not how it's been. You know, at Wolves, it's been packed out stadium. We're playing our best team. We're legitimately trying to win this competition. Um, and with a real chance of, of doing so, it'll be very difficult, of course. But um, at the end of the day, it, it's another route into the Champions League. So it's a massive thing. Um, and no one would want to play Sheffield United, believe me. No team over two legs, the way they play. Um, so, it, it, yeah, like to, to, to echo what Jamie said again, you, you, you grab it with both hands if the opportunity is there. And as a fan, it, it, there's just absolutely nothing better. Yeah, I think I agree. It is, it, there is no point being a football fan and wanting to finish ninth and tenth. It is, it is utterly pointless. Um, and Sheffield United, who knows, in, in five years' time, they might be back in the Championship. You know, we've seen teams come up, do well, um, tra- trail off. I think Swansea are a good example there in Europe not so long ago, um, back in the Championship now. So you've got to take everything you, you can in the, the extra exposure. Uh, the extra pool for players, it 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 will have a big effect. You know, you've already seen what uh, the players they can manage to attract with uh, Sander Burge in the, in January. Um, getting into Europe will only give them bigger appeal to players. Um, so it, it's only going to be a good thing. Um, and it would just be an incredible achievement for a promoted club, uh, probably even eclipsing Wolves last season, considering the the rel- uh, the comparable expectations of the two teams i think a lot of a lot of people expected wolves to come up and do quite well maybe not as well as they did but it was expected they weren't going to go down and they were going to do well at premier league level with sheffield united there are many people's favorites to go down so if they do get into europe that would be an incredible achievement uh don't think i quite buy into some people saying it would be enough to get chris wilder manager of the season had a clop but you know there is a case for it i guess and um it would be one of the best managerial achievements we've seen in, in, a, in a long time in the Premier League. So would be a great story and hopefully they can go on to do that. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, moving on now to our clubs. Um, we'll start with you, Jamie. Obviously been a good few weeks for Burnley. Um, up now in 11th, 34 points, all but safe with that points total. It seems... To have come, you know, a long way um, in the last four games in particular, down on 24 points not so long ago, got 10 points in four matches, relatively safe now. Do you think that it was always going to happen with Burnley? Do you think there was never really any chance of them going down, given just how solid they are and experienced at this level um, compared to some of the teams down there? 
I think I don't think you can ever be complacent, can you? Because we've seen teams um, look like they're established, and then results start going the wrong way, and it's difficult to get out of a bad run. Um, but I think we've seen now that Burnley in the Premier League this time out, it does seem to be sort of peaks and troughs. We have like three or four games where we don't get results. Um, we had a really bad result at home to Aston Villa New Year's Day, and after that game. I think people were genuinely speculating that we might be the one team that always gets sucked into it from mid-table, as everyone likes to say. Um, but I don't think there was real panic among the fan base. Um, but similarly, I don't think the results since then could really be predicted. Um, people were looking at the run of games that we had, Leicester, Man United, Arsenal, um, and thinking could quite easily lose those three games. And then be out out the back of that run with the Southampton game on Saturday as well, and have taken ten points from four games. It just shows how quickly things can turn in this league, and it's so congested the sort of middle part of the table. It only takes a couple of wins put back together, and then you start moving up the table. So, yeah, I've always been trying to look up the league rather than down it, um, and I think. The last couple of results have moved us closer to the sort of European places than the bottom three. Uh, and Villa losing today, if anyone was still having any sort of lingering doubts that Burnley could drop down, and that probably puts paid to it because there is quite a big cushion there. So, yeah, certainly looking onwards and upwards, our next two games are fairly winnable. I think Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away. So, obviously, you can't count chickens before they hatch, but if we were to continue in the vein of form that we are and get results in those two games, then we're going to be right in the mix of the, the top eight, as I think we might have to start calling it. So, yeah, absolutely delighted. I think it's testament to the hard work of the team, Daesh, all his staff. They never change the way they go about things. It's just sometimes the results don't come and then other times they do. At the minute, we look like we're very hard to break down, not conceding soft goals. So, I think... The Daesh Burnley team is always going to be quite hard to beat, and I think that's what we've seen at the minute. Yeah, it'd be interesting just to, to quick, uh, quickly speak about Daesh because a lot of managerial jobs have come up in, in the Premier League over the last two, three seasons in the time that he's been doing very well at Burnley. Um, we've obviously seen Eddie Howe at Bournemouth sort of drop off a little bit this season, but with Daesh it seems to be quite consistent, and I think even... Um, in the season that you went down when when you were previously, it, I think a lot of people were, were quite impressed with the job that he did in that season. It wasn't there were encouraging signs, and, and it, he definitely seemed to have learned from from that season, and, and has just become just a very very good manager that doesn't seem to get the credit he deserves. Do you think that? Do you think that he's, he is a little bit underrated still um, compared to what you know Graham Potter was was talked up at the start of the season and. You look at where Brighton are now, it's, it, it seems crazy that somebody like Dyche still doesn't really get the respect he deserves. I think Potter's an absolutely fantastic example. Um, now, his record looks good so far, and he's moved up and impressed at clubs along the way, and I think he's deserved a shot at it. But the fact that they gave him a, what was it, a six-year deal when he was three months into the job or something, it's just absolutely nuts. Um and I don't really see Brighton's football as being that amazing. People say they sort of revamped them from the Chris Hewton era, but they're not getting better results. So, yeah, Potter's a funny one for me, but I think 
I don't want to be one of those football fans going, oh, it's the media, but it's kind of the media, isn't it? The media have their darlings. Graham Potter was a darling for a time this season. Uh, managers come in and out of fashion, and I think Dyche has never really been in fashion. I think now it's just... I don't know whether he's underrated. I think everyone's now just used to what he brings to the table. Everyone knows the way that Birmingham are going to set us up. They're going to be physical. They're going to be hard to break down, play a direct football. Um, and that's just what you're going to get when you play against Burnley. So I think that's probably counted against him when we talk about the jobs that have come up. Um, Everton, I think, have looked at him before and decided that they could do better. And this time, you can't really argue with that because Carl Lajos, won the Champions League three times. I'm not going to say that Dad should get the job instead of Carl Lajos, but he could have had a shot at it before. I think Everton's a good example of a club that would be a bit of a step up. There'd be more um, more money to spend, more aspirations. It would be interesting to see if he can deliver more stylish football with a budget that allows him to bring in players who can do that. Um but the flip side is he's been at Burnley six, seven years. He's had the chance to bring in players to change things. And he's obviously comfortable with the way that Burnley play. So I think that's what stands in his way from getting the next job up. Um, and I think you're right. It's the, the consistency sort of means that he goes under the radar a bit. Um, Burnley can go to Man United and win. The first time the club's done that for 60 years or something. People just go, ah, well, it's Dash's Burnley. They'll get these results. They're bloody some noses sometimes. So I think if um, clubs that just come up have gone to Man United and won, and all right, Man United are a mess this season, but I think it would be hailed as a much more epochal result for a little team to go away and do that. But people just don't seem to pay any attention to Burnley now, and I think we're quite happy with that. It's, it's difficult to even know what to say talking about Dash and his future because it doesn't look like bigger clubs are going to come in for him. So I think we're quite happy to have him. He's quite happy to be here. There doesn't seem to be any massive ambition from him to go and try his luck somewhere else. So I think for now, we just carry on as we are and Burnley fans will be absolutely thrilled to see him just continuing to do a really good job. Yeah, I think if you look at the, the teams in the Premier League at the moment, they, the only teams you could you could argue that might go for Dyche are, are all below... Uh, Burnley in the table, maybe Palace might might go, might be interested if if Hodgson goes, um, Aston Villa perhaps. Um, yeah, you said, but like, why why not Arsenal? Why did Mikel Arteta get that job? He's got no CV. He just used to play for them, right? Are Arsenal a better team now under Arteta than they were under Unai Emery? No, they're the same. They've got a good win today, but they're soft. They're dull to watch most of the time. They don't have any backbone. Now, I'm not saying Sean Dyche should be Arsenal manager, but if Sean Dyche was Arsenal manager, that team would fight and they would work hard and you would not see players walking through games like they do now. So I think some of the some of the sort of morals that managers like Dyche and Chris Wilder bring to teams, they're sort of gone out of the game, I think, at big clubs. You see Man United players do the same. They walk through matches. And it just wouldn't be stood for by Alex Ferguson or Arsene Wenger. They just wouldn't have it. Um, so I think it's fascinating that you can look at Arsenal being level on points with Burnley in the table and think our manager would never have a shot at doing that job. I, I don't see why. I think Arteta, I'm not going to write him off already, but 
I don't think he's done anything yet to warrant being given that job. No, no, I, I definitely agree there. I don't, it, it was a sentimental decision. It definitely won based on his, his what he did as a player and his weird relationship with Pep Guardiola and the fact he was given that that job. But yeah, he had no managerial career at all and it, it hasn't improved too much at Arsenal uh, despite the emphatic win today. But moving on to you now, Thomas and Wolves. Um, it seems every time you come on this podcast, there seems to have been a VAR decision in the Wolves game and it's happened again this this uh this weekend on Friday night it seems that it Wolves continually get involved in these controversies it must just be getting tiring as a fan now even if you know you can see the decisions are there is a case that they're correct even though they they do create huge controversies they seem to be the biggest controversial ones on Twitter do involve Wolves and it must be annoying at this point mm. yeah it is I mean I it's Wolves have been so badly impacted by it that I am just not committing to celebrating any goals. I mean, I was in the stand right behind that goal and I thought as soon as the ball hit the net, I was worried because I, I, I sort of half celebrated and then I thought, hang on a minute, there was sort of um, a short corner routine and then it was played to the back post and Doherty was behind the final man. You know what I mean? And then he sort of climbed up above the defender. I thought, oh, is that a foul? You just think there's so many things that, uh, have, you know, that referee's looking for. You think one of them's going to, something's going to drop, basically. It's just, it, it's been ridiculous. And I mean, what it eventually got chalked off for was it's so marginal. It's just painful to accept, whether you accept or debate the hyper-correctness of it all. Um you know, is another matter, but it's so difficult to take. It's so deflating. And it, and uh, talking as about live football, being there in the stadium, it's horrible. It does, it is ruining the game. I would personally rather not have any video technology based on being in the stadium. I think people watching it at home and it's not your team, you can, you can take a slightly more scientific view of it. But anyone who's in the ground and actually supports one of these teams would say, you know, it, it's got to either be fundamentally changed or it's got to be scrapped altogether because it's just spoiling the game, basically. Um, yeah, we've got more into the game now. Um, obviously, nil-nil, not the worst result against a, a decent Leicester team, but Wolves probably had the better chance in the game. Jimenez had a couple of good chances. What um, an either half. Do you think that it, it was one that... If you'd have won, you'd you'd have the the momentum to maybe push on and and move higher in the league before the Europa League returns because that's obviously going to be the big distraction now. I know we talked about it earlier, but we'll still have a small squad uh, and it will be a lot of games depending on how far you get into the competition. So this seemed like a missed opportunity, although it, it you know the performance was was still good and and you're still in a strong position. It just seemed like a missed opportunity for me watching it. Yeah, we just can't grab the ball by the horns. Um, we've, we've, there's everything in that Wolves team tells me that the ingredients are there to be a very good team and be a force and be really pushing that top four on the basis that I don't think the top four is actually that good, save for the top two. So, you know, we've got defenders who can defend really well and bring the ball out. We've got two brilliant central midfielders. We've got attacking players who who, who open doors and do great things. And it... it it should all come together and it's just not quite happening. We, we just stutter through games. We don't get the, the results. We, 
we you know we couldn't beat Newcastle, couldn't put them to the sword. We had Liverpool on the rack at one all, and they found the way to win. Um, you know, again against Leicester, I felt we were the better team in that game. I think we nullified them. Vardy barely touched the ball. Madison did next to nothing, and, and we, as you say, Jota forced a good save. Traore forced a good save. Jimenez missed a couple of headers and should have scored. We had a goal that was more or less you know, <laughs> debatable, but we scored a goal. You know, we but we just couldn't quite. We just we're a bit of a nearly team, um, and I, it's frustrating because I really feel that the opportunity is there. If I'm being honest, I think we're a better team than Sheffield United. I think we're a better team than Arsenal. I, I, I think we're a better all-round team than Tottenham. Um, I'm not saying that you know those teams don't have some better players in a lot of areas of the pitch, but I think front to back as a balance, um, we should be doing better. So I, I really think we're underperforming at the moment. Um, so getting back to your original point, yeah, it was a missed opportunity against Leicester and it's just one of a a catalogue of missed opportunities for, for Wolves uh, recently. Yeah, it's 12 draw seems to back that up. Um, but a little bit more on the, the Europa League, now obviously that returns, um, having a small squad, are you, are you worried that's going to impact the, the Premier League at all? Do you still think that it's going to go similar to how the the first half of the season went and, and that the players will have enough in the tank to, to continue to do well, um, probably helped by the kind of runner fixtures coming up? Yeah, I'd hope so. I mean, like I said, they've dealt with it well. We've just had a two-week break. Should feel pretty refreshed. We've recently got Willie Bolly and um, Jota back from injury, and we brought in Daniel Podence. Not, still not quite sure how you say his name, but I think it's Podence. Um, and suddenly you've got you've got three, four players off the bench that we didn't have uh, in the run-up to Christmas. So those that will help with rotation. I think a couple of players will go in. Obviously, we're getting towards the business end of the Europa League now. Um, so I expect us to play our strongest team every single game in the Europa League uh, and, and challenge on two fronts. But I, I do still expect us to be able to maintain a push in the, in the Premier League, um, only based on what I've seen so far. Um, I think it will just be more a case of if we pick up injuries. We haven't. We've been quite lucky with injuries. We've lost Bolly. But he's back now. We lost him for a couple of months. And as I say, Jot has been kind of in and out um, with fitness. But if we keep this, if we keep the squad fit, then there's, I don't think there's any issue with us uh, contesting it on two fronts. Obviously out of the FA Cup and the League Cup. So no games there. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think in isolation, just the fact that we've got to play European football will be, will be to our detriment. Just moving into player watch now before we wrap up with the match previews. I just want to get each of your guys' thoughts on a player at your club that you think is, is going to be the most important uh, over the rest of the season, whether that is to, to challenge for Europe or to, to maintain good form, go for the Europa League. Who do you think is the player at your club that is going to be most important to that ultimate aim? Yeah, I think there's only really one guy that I can talk about in this slot this week. It's got to be Matty Vidra. Uh, he scored a superb winner to get us the points to Southampton. Uh, and this is a guy whose career at Burnley has just not got started. He's never really had a run in the side, a chance to show what he can do. Um, he found himself down in the pecking order, and there was a lot of talk in January that he was going to leave. Um, apparently, he, he had a move to Rangers lined up in the case to sign a replacement. I'm not sure that was ever on the cards. Um, but I think you've got to say a fair play to him. He's stuck around. He's clearly very popular with his teammates after what they said after the game on Saturday. They clearly 
respects him and like him a lot. He seems to be extremely popular. Um, I think you can see from the celebrations of the goal as well. He's clearly got a lot of technical quality. Um, I've not been sure if he really fits into a sort of dash team because he is more technical and physical. But I think the way that we ended the Southampton game with Bidra up front with Jay Rodriguez, it offered sort of a different template for how a Burnley team can play under Daesh. They're not going to win as much in the air, but will be able to play through the midfield a lot better because they're better on the ball than, than Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes. Wood went off injured on Saturday. Doesn't sound like it's too serious, but he could be out for a few weeks. So I think Vidra will get his chance now. This is a guy who's started a handful of Premier League games in the 18 months that he's been at the club. But he's clearly got a lot of ability in the Championship. He's piled up goals, scored 22 in a season, 21 in a season. So there's clearly something about him. See from his goal against Southampton that he can certainly finish. And that was an outstanding goal technically where he's brought the ball down, beat the defender, and then hammered it into the top corner. So I'm really excited to see if he can now build on that and hopefully use it as a bit of a springboard because, like I say, he's not really had a chance. It's It's been difficult for him to get in because Dash has these players that he likes. He likes to rely on the same team. Uh, and rightly so because they normally play well enough to get the product. But this is going to be an opportunity for him. And if he wants to play in the Premier League and prove that he can do it, this is going to be his chance to shine now. So... I think it will mean a slight change in our style of play because we're not going to be able to knock as many balls up up to the big lad up front because we're not going to have a big lad up front. Um, so, yeah, we might be a bit more interesting to watch in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, yeah, uh, for Wolves, I would say uh, Jota. Um, going back to my previous point about us not really being able to get over the line, being sort of nearly there in a lot of the performances, looking for what's going to possibly give us the edge, uh, both in the league and in, and in Europe. And I think it's Jota. Um, his form this season hasn't been good. He's hardly scored any goals. He finished like an express train over the second half of last season. There was big hopes that he was going to put together a full season, but it hasn't happened again. Um, so what I hope is, is that he, again, kind of finds his rhythm uh, you know, in this final stretch of games, and he can be the one with goals and assists who makes the difference. Because I think Traore and Jimenez will carry on doing what they're doing, um, and and they will, you know, win us our share of games. Um, but Jota could be the one if he can just find a spell of form, um, and you know, backed up by what's really a fairly consistent team and set of performers, he can give us the X factor. So I'm hoping it's going to be it's going to be Jota. Yeah, and before we wrap up, we will move on to uh, match previews for next week. Um, I'll start with you, Thomas. Obviously, um, got a game in the Europa League before the Premier League action. So you got a home game against Espanyol uh, from La Liga. How do you see that one going? Are you confident that you can get a, a first leg lead? Yeah, I'm confident. Um, only because... I'm confident of Wolves giving most people a game. Um, I think we've proven that on our day we, we will do that against most teams. Um, Espanyol are a bit of an unknown. I wish I could say I was an aficionado of uh, European football, but I'm not. I'm aware that they're bottom of the Liga. 
Um, I know they sacked their manager fairly recently and they bought another guy in and they've since had some results. Um, I think they got a draw with Barcelona fairly recently. Um, and I think they've got their own striker called Raul, who's scoring goals for fun, also came from Benfica, I believe. Uh, so I think they're coming in with a with a bit of form, and obviously they qualified from their group as winners. Um, so they can't be too bad. Um, so I, they're a bit of an unknown quantity as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I would hope that you know a team that's bottom of the league or a bottom for a reason, and we can exploit that. And we should have the players, as I say, we'll pick our best team. Uh, I'm confident that Molyneux will give them uh, a good game. And, and actually, I think Wolves are, are well set up for two-leg European ties because I think we're quite good home and away. I think we can we can do both things. Some teams are you know better uh, at playing a kind of more withdrawn roll away and then some teams are better at getting on the front foot home. I think Wolves strike quite a good balance. Um, so I do fancy us to win on Thursday, hopefully get a lead, whether it's... I'd, I'd accept any lead... Um, and then if we are ahead in the second game, I, I, I fancy us to get to get the job done. So um, yeah, some reason to be confident. Yeah, and Jamie uh, Burnley have got a home game against Bournemouth next week. Uh, looks to be a winnable one on paper. Do you think you're going to make get another win this weekend? Yeah, it's a good fixture for this actually. Bournemouth, like Southampton, actually a team that we do tend to do quite well against in the Premier League. Won four of the last five meetings. Uh, Bournemouth also pretty rotten away from home. We obviously had that win at Chelsea, but um, seven defeats either side. So, yeah, you certainly have to look at it as being a winnable game. I think one of the issues we have sometimes in home games when we are expected to win is that it's harder for us to break teams down if they come and try and defend, but Bournemouth either can't or won't do that. They'll want to have the ball um, be in possession, try and control it and we'll play on the break so I think the game will be set up to suit us quite nicely um, to be honest there's always quite an interesting little subplot with this because obviously Eddie Howe was in charge there and he was in charge of us for a little bit before he decided to go home so I think that adds a little bit of spark for, for some fans I'm not that bothered but some people think it makes it a more exciting game Um yeah, Bournemouth are obviously fighting for their life. So if you look at the table, you look at the form of the two teams on paper, it's certainly one that Burnley should be looking to win. And if we are going to have aspirations of pushing for European football, which, as I said earlier, I think we should. I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't be pushing to do that, given the teams around us in the table, Arsenal, Manchester United, we've had good results against them in the last few weeks. I think we're as good as them this season. I think that's certainly something we should aim for. And, three points at the weekend would, would be a, another step towards challenging for that. And with that, we are now out of time for today's podcast. So if you'd just like to tell everybody where they can reach you, now would be a good time. Yeah, thanks for everyone who's been listening. Um, if you want to read any of my stuff or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Jamie Smith Sport. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Uh... My name's Thomas Boff. I'm the editor of wallsblog.com, which is where you can log on to uh, if your team's playing Wolves. A uh, good chance to, to read up on the Wolves perspective. Uh, we're normally pretty fair on there. Uh, yeah, and you can get us on Twitter at wallsblog or at facebook.com forward slash wallsblog. 
Yeah, and just thanks so much for uh, both of you for joining me today. Um, you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two ends. I've got something going up on the Eagle Speak this week for Jay, um, talking about the Newcastle game, uh, probably ranting about how bad Steve Bruce is despite the points tally that remains on the, the table. Um, so yeah, give that, uh, check that one out. We'll also have a championship show coming up tomorrow night as well. So give that one a listen when it is out. Um, and I'd just like to thank all of you for joining us today and we hope you join us again next time. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.